Hello, welcome to Syracuse Speaks, the view from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. Let's get started. I want you to think back at this point in time to four months ago. The AHL 2021 season was basically just getting started. We honestly had a lot more questions than answers. We weren't really sure what was going to happen with the Syracuse Crunch's season. There was a lot of unknowns as far as COVID testing and protocols, schedule changes and how that was going to affect everything, not to mention the dual affiliation with the Florida Panthers. There was a lot of things that just seemed like they were up in the air, and it was really hard to imagine how this season was ever going to get off the ground, let alone come to completion with at least, I don't know, maybe half of the games played that had been originally planned. Well, it's now the end of May, and the 2021 AHL regular season is in the books. The AHL's Pacific Division is still playing, for a little bit anyways. They're kind of doing a mock playoff series over there in the Pacific for reasons that are kind of unclear, but that are absolutely making everybody really, really mad. So I'm not going to do much with touching that particular issue because, let's be honest, having a team in the North Division that I cover, I don't really need to touch on it. It's not, let's just say that I agree with Syracuse owner Howard Dolgan that playoffs this season were not a necessity by any stretch of the imagination. So for all intents and purposes, the crunch is done. Their 2021 season is in the books. And really, at the end of the day, I think it was a success in more than one way. It's kind of funny, but looking at this season back in end of January, beginning of February, I don't think any of us could have predicted how normal it would have ended up feeling at the end of the season. The crunch's usual pattern of starting out pretty good, cooling off, and then heating up at just the right time to end the season strong, kept at it this season. We saw that exact same pattern this season. We talked about some of the exact same storylines that we've always talked about. The amount of penalties the team takes, the need to stay out of the box, you know, the, the goalie questions, which was really pretty funny. It was, it's, it, Syracuse had two different affiliates to draw from, and yet, and yet we still ended up having some kind of goalie musical chairs as things kind of went throughout the season. We got to see, you know, the elusive Tyler, it's not that one Johnson and Nett once or twice too. So Syracuse still had the usual goalie questions that it has. For a season that started out with the potential to just crash and burn, how normal and then it ended up feeling at the end of the day. And I honestly think that the players and the front office and the work that went into the season by the league, everyone involved in scheduling, everyone involved in COVID testing, the trainers, the medical staff on team, everybody deserves huge kudos for getting this season to this point, to this, to this, to the point of completion. The big storylines of the season were this. Syracuse ended up winning the seasonal contests against each of their three rivals in the North Division that they played in 2021. They won against Utica. They won the season series against Rochester. They won the season series against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Technically, 
And granted, this has a big old asterisk next to it because of the whole shortened season and everything. Their final season percentage was their third best in team history. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fine. You know, their their final record of 19-10-3 is pretty damn good considering all of the ups and downs and all of the craziness that happened this past season. This season gave us storylines that we absolutely loved to follow. The eventual evolution of the Kachuk radish Sompi line that was so much fun to watch come together, that netted Kachuk and Radish AHL Player of the Week nods, that netted Sompi probably his best and most impressive season of his career by far at this point in time. How fun was it watching that line come together and watching the success of those three players? You know, it, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of, of that scene from Miracle with the Coneheads with the pass-shoot-score ridiculousness that happened. That was great. Syracuse had a couple of defensemen end up kind of distinguishing themselves by the end of the season. And actually, I think that storyline was a little bit of a surprise I remember talking to Hardev Ladd on this program. He writes and covers the crunch for Raw Charge. And he was talking about how disappointed he was in Sean Day's season because he expected Day to have a really big season and it, you know, he really wasn't having that breakout experience that Hardev expected Day to have. Well, by the end of the season, Day ended up leading all of Syracuse defensemen in points with 15. So... You know, he pulled it together. Another one of Syracuse's defensemen that had a really nice season was Devontae Stevens, who ended up putting together his best AHL season so far, by far, with 26 games played, 11 points in that time period, and a plus-minus of plus 14. Obviously, with a defenseman, it's kind of hard to quantify how well they do on the ice, but, you know, looking back over the games that he played, His name was almost always associated with good things, with good plays, with solid defensive strategy. He had a really nice season, and he pulled it together at the end. In comparison, last season, 1920, in 38 games, he only had six points, all of which were assists, and he was a negative seven in plus minus. So he really did. He put together a nice season, and I think that he is one of those success stories that kind of slipped under the radar, but that looking back really existed. Ross Colton's season and the success that he has seen with the Tampa Bay Lightning, not only did he play a big part in their regular season, he has also played a really nice part in their playoffs too, and I don't really see that changing anytime soon. Colton's story has been... Just a joy to watch over these past couple of months. The under-20 group, those OHL and CHL players that came to play in the American Hockey League because their teams weren't playing and they wanted to have these prospects playing somewhere. How fun was it watching those guys out there? The energy that they brought to the ice. Just, you know, and these were guys that... (laughs) They didn't know if they were going to be playing or not until the AHL and the CHL kind of waived their agreement that those under-20 guys can't come to the American League until they turn 20 years old. That's something that I'm hoping will be revisited in future seasons. 
I know there are some AHL coaches out there. Patrick Williams has done some really nice work uncovering this whole thing between the AHL and the CHL and the agreement they have in place and why coaches want these players to be in the American Hockey League before they turn 20, especially the better ones, because those are the guys that tend to not get that much attention from their coaching staff in the CHL. So they're the guys that end up developing bad habits. They're the guys that you end up having to really kind of mold the most when they get to the AHL. And I know we've all had those moments watching players. Alex Barry-Boulay comes to mind almost immediately when I think about this. And the sort of fancy tricks and I don't want to call it garbage, but garbage that they try to pull in their first few months in the American Hockey League before it is coached into their brains that you are no longer the star of this team. And granted, I am never going to knock Bari Boulay and the talent that he has. The CHL is a league, to me at least, from the outside looking in, that has one or two superstars on every single team, and then has the rest of the team. And it's those superstars that struggle the most when they get to the AHL with everything that's different. Guys are bigger. The game is faster. There's the expectations are ramped up. The professionalism is emphasized more. The American Hockey League is one step away from the NHL for a reason. And I've watched these guys struggle for their first couple of months, sometimes for a full season, to get their feet under them in the AHL because there is so much from juniors that they have to unlearn and work on. I really wouldn't mind, and in fact I'm advocating for, one or two of those guys from every organization to be able to crack an AHL lineup before they turn 20 and not just as an end-of-the-season prize because their season ended early and the AHL is still playing. Regardless of where that goes in the future, watching lightning prospects like Gage Gonclave, Jaden Derue, Declan McDonald play so early was a blessing this past season. And, you know, I think that one of the one of the themes of this whole pandemic that a lot of television stations and streaming services kind of played upon was this idea of watching together apart. Thankfully, with the way that the Syracuse Crunch kind of organized their whole season ticket holders with AHL TV subscriptions, we got to watch this team together apart. And I really do feel it was a blessing to be able to watch these games with you all on social media together and be discussing what was going on. And, you know, on my on my personal Twitter account, I'd be throwing out ideas and gems about the music that was being played in these empty AHL arenas while over on my Sinbin Crunch account, I would be actually live tweeting the game and getting your responses and reactions. And that was a lot of fun for me. I spent a lot of time on ESPN Syracuse this past season. That was a blessing to be able to go on and talk hockey with Rainman and Matt on the Sportzilla show. That was so much fun to be able to do that, and something I have never really experienced before. Having you all tune into my podcast and the amount of guests and people that I was able to have come on and talk hockey with me was a blessing. 
So the 2021 season was weird. It was one that I don't want to repeat anytime soon. But in a lot of ways, it still created some amazing stories, experiences, and memories, much like every other regular season does. And I'm grateful for that. I'm looking towards a day when we can all be back in the War Memorial together. And in the next segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about what is actually known about the 21-22 AHL season and the 2021-22 Syracuse Crunch season. It was all right. Do I want to ever do it again? No. (laughs) But it wasn't quite as awful by any stretch of the imagination as I was originally envisioning way back in January of 2021. And I have a lot of you all to thank for that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. always when I record this podcast. I usually end up recording it in two parts on two different days just because life is busy and sometimes schedules don't really work out. So between yesterday's recording, which was on the 25th of May, and today, which is the 26th of May, a couple of things have happened. The first thing that has happened is that Radish and Kachuk, who are two players that I talked about in part one, were nominated to the 2021 AHL All-Star teams. This season, Because of the whole divisional play, instead of doing one or two all-star teams, I think the league usually does a first all-star team and then a second all-star team for the whole league, they decided to do it by divisions, which makes sense considering there was no interdivisional play. God knows there wasn't any interconference play. So for the North Division, both Radish and Kachuk ended up being nominated to the 2021 AHL North Division All-Star Team, so congratulations to them. They join Connor McMichael from Hershey, Cameron Schilling from Hershey, Zane McIntyre from Lehigh Valley, all three players that we never got to see, obviously, because Syracuse only played Utica, Rochester, and Wilkes-Barre Scranton this past season. And then a player from the Rochester Americans, Mm. there's a lot of vowels in that name, and I just sat through an over an hour-long Zoom with a professor for a summer class that I am taking, and my brain is mush. So he's a defenseman from Rochester. I think his first name is Osakari. I have no clue. Sorry, y'all. This is... I'm... It's been a week. So anyways, uh, congratulations to Kachuk and Radish. This is a great achievement for them, especially since there was no official all-star game, you know, in, in January, the way we usually do. And it's a nice honor. So, and those two certainly worked hard. We talked a lot about the radish Sampi kachuk line this past season. So congratulations to them. The second thing that happened was that tonight, again, May 26th, Syracuse owner Howard Dolgan had one of his famous Facebook live streams tonight. And because of the aforementioned Zoom with my professor, I wasn't actually able to listen to it live. But I went back through and listened to it post-interview just to kind of see if anything came up that has maybe changed or that's updated about the next season or anything else that we might want to be aware of from what we already know. Originally, what has been said is that the Crunch is planning on 
being in person in October. No more, you know, empty arena. And originally, the whole guideline was a negative COVID test or proof of vaccination. The Syracuse Mets actually recently suspended the whole negative COVID test thing and basically just said that people without proof of vaccination have to wear masks the whole time. So I was kind of interested to see if we had any news about how any of this maybe was already changing. Obviously, a lot can change between now and October. So I was kind of mostly interested in that kind of thing. But we also learned some other stuff. First of all, to start out, Howard was, as he has been these past couple of weeks, super positive about what October is looking like for the organization. He actually said the words that the team is really hoping for full capacity in the War Memorial this October. Whether it'll happen or not obviously remains to be seen, but I don't know about you, if you heard those words, or if you're just hearing them kind of through me from Dolgan, that kind of gave me a little bit of a thrill. I have missed the War Memorial. I have missed you all. I have missed watching Hockey Live very, very much. So, you know, even just hearing full capacity War Memorial in October, that was really pretty cool. So that was exciting to hear right off the bat. Dolgan also dropped the tidbit that the team does have the guaranteed dates that the league usually provides teams ahead of actually confirming the entire schedule. And he seemed pretty confident that Crunch fans should be keeping October 23rd, which is a Saturday, open for the team's opening night, which will be probably pretty big. So that's also really exciting to be looking forward to an actual confirmed date for opening night, especially considering this time last year, we didn't even know if we were going to be having a season. We had no idea where this was going to be going. So It's looking like we're going to be looking at October 23rd to be back together in the War Memorial. That's amazing. Dolgan did also confirm that the organization is probably going to be looking, at least as of right now, with the most current information we have, at fans needing either a recent COVID negative test or a COVID vaccination in order to get into the games. A couple of the fans were asking if vaccinations would be required for admittance, and Dolgan seemed reluctant to go that far, but he did indicate that as of right now, the thinking, especially for indoor arenas, which I have to admit, I brought up the Syracuse Mets just a couple minutes ago, but they do have obviously an outdoor stadium because it's baseball. So there is a little bit of a difference there. So he did kind of indicate that for indoor arenas especially, Negative COVID tests or proof of vaccination are probably going to be what the team is looking at going with, at least as of right now. Dolgan also mentioned that the team is hoping that that their partnership with CW6, who broadcasted almost all of the Crunch's home games during their shortened 2021 season, will continue for this upcoming season. So hopefully the Crunch will continue to find a way to stay on television. I think that's really important for the brand. I think that's really important for the team and the sport to find a way to showcase AHL hockey on TV, on cable. So hopefully they'll be able to find a way to nail that down and be able to show the team on television again. I don't think there was much doubt as to this, but both Dolgan and the team through the chat next to the video confirmed that season tickets will be held over. So if you had season tickets for what was supposed to be the 2021 season, you are fine. Like that you're not going to lose your seats. If you've already paid your season tickets, you don't have to worry about it. Your seats are there. Everything will be fine. 
Dolgan didn't address any kind of like vaccinated seating versus not vaccinated seating. I realize the benefits to having vaccinated seating, especially since I am vaccinated. I get it. But at the same time, I kind of want to sit in my seat. I miss Section 23. I miss the friends and the other season ticket holders that were over there in that section. I want my seat back. So I kind of hope that the team doesn't go in that direction just because I I want my seat. But obviously I will do whatever I need to do and I will go and do and sit wherever they tell me to. But I personally kind of hope that we'll all be able to sit back in our seats that are supposed to be our seats. Dolgan did kind of address this issue about, oh, about halfway through the chat. But obviously things are still kind of unsure right now. You know, chances are if the team can go almost full capacity or full capacity, they're going to have to sit season ticket holders where their tickets are just because it's going to be too difficult to manage everything. But, you know, I mean... Hopefully things will continue in an upward trend and we'll all be able to attend safely sitting where we want to sit. Interestingly, bringing it back to the schedule for a little bit, Dolgan indicated that there's a, at least the team would prefer, so I'm not, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He basically indicated that the team would prefer to host some kind of a preseason game at the War Memorial as kind of like a run through because it will have been a year and a half since fans have been in the War Memorial since the team has had to do any kind of game presentation or anything. So considering Crunch fans haven't really had any home preseason games, not just because of the pandemic, but in general, those have been kind of scarce. The Lightning were really fond of those kind of preseason trips for a little while there. And then I'm pretty sure in 1920, the preseason games were all on the road. So I think that's kind of a little bit of an interesting schedule tidbit. For me personally, I like preseason games. I always have. I think they're kind of a neat way to get back into things. And I think especially because we haven't had hockey in so long, it would be great. But for me, it'll always come down to what day of the week it's on because it's a lot harder for me to stay out late on a school night. I know I sound like I'm a child, but either that or someone who's really old. It's more the second one, but that's besides the point. It's a lot more difficult for me to get out during a weekday for a preseason game than it is to justify that on a weekend. So I think that's kind of good. I think it could be a lot of fun, you know, kind of a no-pressure way to get back into the swing of things. So we'll have to see how that works out. As far as the regular season schedule goes, Dolgan didn't have too much information. He did say that we're at least a month out from getting a schedule. The format really hasn't even been agreed on. He mentioned that Binghamton has left the league, and so those six games or so are going to have to be made up somewhere. He, of course, said that he'd like to see one additional game against Rochester and Utica. Mm, Yeah, I get it. I know, and I get it, and I've gone into this before on the podcast, and I don't really need to go into that rant again. It's not really a surprise that he would want to add a little bit more rivalry time to the schedule, so... You know, be on the lookout for that. It'll be interesting to see where those extra games that were played against Binghamton are made up on the schedule. Dolgan spent a lot more time with the fans 
on this live chat than what I was able to recap here. I kind of just pulled out some of the more necessary points, but he spent a lot of time talking about Coach Ben Grew and some of the development that the team saw. He also spent some time talking about the current series between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So that was kind of an interesting time. He covered enforcers and his opinions on all of that stuff. He answered a couple other questions. So definitely it's worth your time if you have about 40 minutes or so to just kind of sit down and listen to Dolgan talk if you didn't get a chance to attend the live stream tonight. I hope you enjoyed this recap. I know usually I live tweet these kinds of things, but like I said, unfortunately, I had another Zoom call that I had to be in. And boy, if I never have to say that again for the rest of my life, I won't be sorry. do it for this week's episode so I want to thank you all so much for listening I'm Alex Ackerman I'm the host and creator of this podcast and my social media is always open to anybody who wants to come follow me or wants to give any kind of feedback or ask questions my personal twitter is at alovimo a-l-l-o-v-i-m-o and my hockey handle is over at sinbin crunch I would also like to thank Kevin McLeod and Purple Planet Music for the royalty-free tracks that were heard throughout this podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week or two until I see you again. Take care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.